Good day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, the younger generation. The older generation is my dad, Jack. How are you doing today? Doing good, Todd. Happy July 17th, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting on yeah. into summer now. I think we we're going to have... We're going to have a week of 90-plus degree weather now. I'm not complaining because I know about the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 above that at least. Yeah, <laughs> no, we've had a couple of days where we were hitting right at 100, and it's it's, it's been toasty here. Um, but we're supposed to cool off again now for the next week, so um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's been sweltering heat across the southwest for sure or the, and, and parts of the south. So, um, yeah. makes the news every day, you know, yeah. somebody's suffering. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Here's to staying out of the heat as much as you can. Right. Right. So, so, um, we got a lot of stuff today on the rundown to talk about. Um, so it appears neither of us have, have the beta installed, but it appears that, uh, iPad OS 17, is you know creeping the iPad even more towards uh, being a computer replacement, which sort of seems to be a trend. I think they've said that about the last two or three versions of the operating system um, is that it's it's gaining more and more software power because clearly it's got the same hardware as the as the Macs, right? I mean the pro level ones do. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's no reason that it shouldn't be. Um, and I see where they're going with it. Uh, you know, I just wish, and I've said this before, I wish they would just put a little, um, a little, uh, you know, blue and gray face icon down in the dock when you have a mouse and keyboard attached. And if you click on that, it just pops you into Mac OS. And, you know, and when you have a Mac, when you have a, a mouse and a, a pointing device and a keyboard not attached, then you don't even see that icon. It just doesn't show up. You can't click yeah. over. Yeah. And there's no reason not to do that with the M, M devices on both, you know, yeah, products so uh, they're they're uh, totally compatible <laughs> from at the at the assembly uh, machine level. Yeah. So the, yeah. The now what they might want to do is um, <clears throat> I don't know what what's the minimum amount of memory that's available on the Pro ones now? Is it two fifty six? That's the same as it is for like a MacBook Air, probably. Oh, yeah, as long uh, as there's space for them to put the operating system oh, there. You know, it, that's it, all. It, it goes up in a terabyte. Oh, it goes up. Yeah, I know it goes up to two terabytes now. But I'm saying, what does yeah. it start at? Oh, uh, you know, if it yeah. started too low, then you by the time you put two operating systems on there, yeah. uh, it might you know eat up. But I think it starts at two fifty six now. So you could that's, put you know, you could keep the iPad OS operating system and the Mac and the, you know, and then flip back and forth. You know, and when you're in the Mac OS on an iPad, when you click on the the little uh, grid of icons, the launchpad icons, it just pops you back into the Mac or the um, uh, iPad OS. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why that machine doesn't allow you to go back and forth. <clears throat> and then, you know, Mac or Apple will have not broken any of their promises because they, they've said that, you know, a, a touch screen on a Mac doesn't make sense. Well, this isn't a Mac. They didn't mm -hmm. say that you couldn't put the Mac OS on something else that has a touch screen on it, though. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's it's a constant frustration of mine I because I, I would that that'd be my device in a heartbeat. I'm sorry, I'm making noises yeah. because my microphone is sitting on a plastic, hard plastic tabletop, and anytime I set or move anything else on that plastic mm. tabletop, it rumbles. Ah, <laughs> uh, you need a nice uh, padded. Um, uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a mouse pad that is like um, three foot or three and a half foot wide, maybe, and I, and two foot deep. 
that yeah. basically is just like a desk cover that I use. My you know my keyboard sits on it, my mouse sits on it, my mixer sits on it. I mean, yeah, well, I, I have a glass, small glass here, and I, I set it on some paper now, which gives it a little bit of cushion. a little bit of padding. Yeah. Yeah, I usually have a coffee cup or something sitting next to me too, and it sits on the corner of the pad, on the left-hand side. So, you know, it's funny looking down at my keyboard too. I realize I have my keyboard set up differently than a lot of people do now too, or my desktop. I literally have a touchpad on the left side next to my keyboard. I have the Apple uh, Magic Trackpad, and on the right side I have my mouse, and I use the uh, um, uh, Logitech. MX Master 3 mouse, which is a, a big mouse with a, you know, that's sculpted more than, than the flat little, you know, sushi bar that the Apple mouse is. And then my, and then I've got their, their, um, their full-size keyboard sitting in between that has the number pad on the end of it and everything. Uh, and not too long ago, I switched to the keyboard that has the Touch ID on it because I, I have not been wearing my Apple Watch every day. I've got some other watches that are nice watches, and I've decided to oh. start wearing them regularly. And so my computer doesn't unlock for me automatically anymore. And so having oh. that Touch ID is there, because I've got a fairly complex password that I set up so that it's you know not easily guessed. Yeah. You know, and so, um, so you know, my, and then directly behind that row... I have a uh, the largest Kindle Fire sitting on a charging stand, and it's always running an app that's just the clock. Huh. Yeah. And so if I use it, I can. If I want to use it as a tablet, I can. But it's basically sitting there telling me what time it is. Then I have my directly in front of my keyboard. I have a little magnetic stand that holds my phone, and and its screen is blank, and all it is is a clock as well. But it's on a charger while it sits there. So when I'm done, I always have a fully charged phone. And then to the right of that, then I have the mixer that I use for the program and for all my, you know, sound work here in the room, my yeah, office. So. so we are we are live right now, aren't we? Yeah. I yes. Was... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just thought I would give. I just thought it was interesting that I sit down. I think in the past I wouldn't have had a mouse and a touchpad, but I found that I actually like using the touchpad, and I'm pretty good at. So I use my left hand on the touchpad sometimes, oh. in addition to my uh, my mouse, which is on the right hand side. Uh, of course, then this morning I came in and got notification the touchpad battery was dead or low, wow. and so I have to. So it's actually not sitting there right now; it's sitting over, plugged in, well, charging. Well, I will say that last week was a watershed for me. It made my computer a real computer. Remember, we, I told you about my screen thing. Oh yeah. And I just it made all the difference in the world. I mean, I just love my computer now. I've, I was yeah, I, getting real down on it. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know how in the world you got that setting, and yeah, that made it unusable. Because I mean, it, I duplicated it here, and it, it, it was, was like, it, well, it, yeah, any picture was kind of ugly, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that it helped anything else in terms of contrast or readability or anything. It just ruined well, all the all the images. Well, the worst thing, and I hadn't even really realized it, is a lot of controls weren't even showing. Until, you know, I discovered that last week, too. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're missing, like, you know, buttons. And and, and so you go to a website or something. You're like, I, I don't even know how to get around. I don't understand what they want me to do here. <laughs> There's no controls on this stupid web page. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, it's it's amazing what we get ourselves into and then yeah. never find the time to fix. That's the worst thing. I just, you know, I've been dealing with this for a long time silently. And just because I didn't use it very much, being an iPad user, I'd come in and I, I only time I really used the computer was when I uh, hooked it up to you 
because I can put on another microphone and the headphones mm-hmm. and the whole bit, you know. With an iPad, I don't generally use accessories. You know, you don't want that wires and stuff hanging around. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh, the today uh, we have a lot of topics. We won't need to talk about uh, all of them a lot, but they were just uh, something that had of interest that I thought we had. Yeah. To, well, had news to broke about. on a couple nasty apps that have been sitting in the Google Play Store that got pulled. Yeah. Um, but apparently, they've pulled it after you know, one and a half million downloads. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing how fast things can happen. Yeah, and I'm not knocking the Google Play Store. Anymore. I mean, it could happen just as easily happen on the Apple Store. I mean, you know, I think the Apple Store's um, review process is more uh, stringent than it is for the Google Play Store, but things get through, but then they pull it as quickly as they can. Although Apple does have, uh, and I don't know if Google does or not, Apple has a means by which if they find that there's a really nasty app, they can actually disable it on everybody's phones. They can. There's yeah. a list that your phone looks at, and it, and, yeah. if, and if they've put the the kibosh on an app, then that app won't run. And you know, and I think you get notified that this app has been you know blocked by Apple for because of bad behavior. The two apps yeah. are called File Recovery and Data Recovery. That's one. And the other is called File Manager. They're both from the same developer, and they were meant to be a way for Android users to help organize files and data on their phones. They also, also in their user info, state that no data collection occurs under their watch. However, they have found that these apps actually collect reams of private information. They share it with... Uh, the China, the you know, the it's a state operator, um, without anybody's knowledge, including contact lists, media files, real-time locations, mobile country codes, network provider details, SIM provider network codes, operating system versions, device brands, and models. So they're doing everything Facebook is doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and security is becoming yeah. a, more and more a big thing. In fact, I yeah. think I posted one on Microsoft uh, goof. Yeah. You know, I think Apple has been way ahead of the curve recognizing that this was going to continue to be an issue and started, you know, pushing and 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 tightening up their their operating systems um you know as this has become I mean, and they're certainly not, you know, foolproof like I said that but but the you know, as a company they recognize this was going to be an issue and and have used it as a selling point um yeah. you know, pretty pretty early on they've been ahead of the curve on this. Um, or maybe I should say they're just not as far behind the curve as everybody else because I think the bad guys, you know, you're always in, you're always playing defense, right? Yeah. You know. Well, well, anytime you try to lead the pack with new things, you, you you're you're going to have greater problems. And Microsoft mm-hmm. has has just as a company uh, tended to kind of not say we have to be first at everything, you know. And but for di- for several different reasons. But one one. Yeah, you the- said Microsoft. Are you talking about Microsoft? Or are you talking about Apple? I'm talking about Apple. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't clear. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who, who are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. A- Apple, of course, looks to see what improvements they can make. First of all, I mean, they, sure. they want to be the sure the top. Uh, so there's in terms of importance, uh, they just have a different priority list mm-hmm. than a lot of companies. So. Anyway, uh, that uh, yeah. Google Play Store thing doesn't bother me, but it's newsworthy because things things like this happen with some mm-hmm. companies that, that just don't tend to be quite as uh, uh, 
nitpicky, I guess you say. Mm-hmm. They're more, they're, as a company policy, very few companies seem to have the uh, security kind of things in mind. Right. Uh, and they must they must go through a security review or something uh, that catches stuff a lot more than other companies. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they're they may... not perfect. There's things that have gotten through, but they can they tag them. By the way, it says here in this in, in this uh, article um, that we we're kind of referencing that Google Play Protect is a feature built into Android that allows them to automatically remove known malware. Uh, so they do have that capability as well, even if it's already out in the field. So I assume that these two apps have been put onto that list. And so if you have it installed, it's being it's being taken out, um, yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, next topic, Apple increases the size of their Apple car uh, workers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they had 150-some people, but that's what they are. And they, Yeah, I'd heard that. Anyway, they've added a few. Makes you wonder why every once in a while this sort of comes to the fore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're trying to work with uh, car dealers on this as well. Yeah. Uh, as uh, And what we're really specifically talking about here is autonomous vehicle driving systems. Yeah. Well, they're saying this is the autonomous, uh, autonomous, uh, shoot, autonomous vehicle test driving team. Yeah. So it's not even their their uh, their like development engineers or anything. Because so the people working on this this project is significantly more than just a hundred and change. But yeah. Uh, but they've increased from what one forty five to one fifty two. But back yeah. in March they had a peak of two hundred and one people. And the reason they know this is these people have to register with the DMV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so they that and that, so it's public information. Yeah. So. You know, you, there's no telling really when this is going to break out. In the meantime, you guys in California seem to be the ones that are going to be at most at risk because that's where they do all the testing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, it, I, we don't know the numbers and the stats. I know it's always news when a car that is running, supposedly running autonomously, does something wrong and hits somebody or hits a car, or, you know, or does something. It's always or, news, right? But, but how at, many millions of those happen every day when there's a person behind the wheel? You know. that's, that's right. And, and, and here, here's how dumb it is. Even in this article, they mentioned that one of Apple's autonomous cars had an accident recently. But guess what? It was at a stop sign and somebody ran into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think yeah, given the state of autonomous cars, as I understand it anyway, these days, I think I would feel safer being driven by an autonomous car than somebody oh. with, with a smartphone in their hand. Oh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> There's, there's too many idiots in cars these days yeah. that, that that kill people. Yeah. You know, on a regular basis. I'm, I mean, that's yeah. Last uh, night I was I was uh, picking up some some takeout food, and started to turn left when I had a green light to say turn left, the green arrow, yeah. and a woman coming the other direction didn't stop, ran right through the intersection, and then she looked at me like I was, you know, she gave me this look like what? Why are you pulling out in front of me? And it's like, well, you're running the red light, you idiot, you know. She drove by, but I saw her and stopped. So she and let her go through yep. because she just rolled right through the intersection, you know. And I had the right away. I had the green arrow, but you know, yeah, um, yeah, you know. But, the other thing that's happened to me a lot recently: three times going to the grocery store the other day, three times <clears> in one trip, I had somebody just stop in the middle of the road. Oh, really? Just stop and like look around. One guy started to, started to turn in an interact in an in, in an intersection and then stopped and you could tell he and the and his passenger in the car they were pointing trying to figure out where they were 
you know, and trying to find a house or something. And I'm like, yeah. could you get out of the intersection? Could you pull over before you just stop? Idiots. Yeah. You know, and then they're going to complain when somebody runs into them because they're stopped in the middle of the road. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, I'll have to admit that I have done some kind of foolish things uh, as well. Yeah, I've ridden with you. I've seen I've seen the the light turn red before I got through the intersection, and it's hanging out in the middle, you know. So it's. Yeah. Well, I will say this for you, though. You can't blame it on smartphones. You drove that way way before smartphones existed. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) We just uh, giving you a hard time. It's a family joke. It's a family thing. I mean, you know, you managed to uh, retire to a career of driving around. You're pulling your house behind you or driving around inside your house. I I probably need that. I probably need one of those autonomous vehicles parked in front of me or, or actually make it. I don't ever want to buy one. I just want to be able to call somebody and somehow get me where I want to go. Right. Well, and, and that's what the rumor has been is that if you get autonomous vehicles, that, that more and more you'll have transportation as a service. Right. You know, I mean, they already have that sort of right now with, with uh, you know, people driving you around. You can yeah. Uber around if you want to. but. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've concluded that I'll never own a, another vehicle. Yeah. All right. I, I have a 2017 Hyundai and, uh, you know, so it's, uh, not even 10 years old yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll drive it as long, but it's going to outlive me. I, I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. going to be at a point where I'm going to say, no, I'm not driving anymore. Yeah. I don't need, don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the real problem that I have is that when I go somewhere, I need to take my scooter with me. And I can't call a cab to take my little. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, electric, most most Ubers scooter. aren't going to handle the scooter for you. So you, you're you're now there are there are um, uh, most cities have have transportation that can can handle that. Something you might want to look into at well, some point. Well, I, I'll tell you what they can handle. They can handle wheelchairs. Yeah, you know, throw them in the trunk, and and so uh, yeah. I'll I'll go to an electric wheelchair kind of an arrangement which is you know mm. get a light one of those yeah and, yeah uh, yeah it'll, it'll have less range and stuff <clears throat> but it'll be able to move you around if you need to so <laughs> right so anyway yeah uh, so anyway I, i'm glad apple is you know still working on this and still trying to develop what it's going to be and uh you know whether they actually end up making a car or they make systems that go in other people's cars you know still hangs out there we don't know yeah, I, I'm not sure how the autonomous cars are ever going to turn out. And the real question is, what's going to be the uh, state's control in terms of uh, what qualifies a, an autonomous vehicle? Yeah, do you have as, to pass a certain that, battery of tests or something? To my knowledge, the states don't even have that really. No, line, so nothing so, lined up yet. So, so, so I don't know how these uh, creators like Apple and others mm-hmm. uh, are, are ever going to sell these things or actually get them on the road uh, in, uh, you know, to some company who per- performs that transportation function, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It just, it remains to be seen how it's going to work out. I think that there is more social engineering that needs to be done than design engineering on these things. Probably. Um, because I, I would suspect that statist- statistically, you're probably less likely to get in a crash with an autonomous <clears throat> vehicle than you are with a uh, person behind the wheel right now in, well, in most bet, instances. 
I figured that they can make their little uh, eye technology sit on a dummy in the driver's seat and then just fool everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look over at you, and he's got eyeballs and everything. Yeah, well, and, and, and you can make it look just like you because they're already going to be scanning your face and, and uh, eyeballs uh, and everything for, for uh, their Vision Pro uh, yeah. goggles. So Maybe that's what they're doing. That's, that's part of the social engineering part of it. Yeah, get us used but, to seeing fake people out there in the people wild. People won't even know, you know? We'll, mm. just, we'll just do it. Yeah, that's not creepy. I, I think I think I've seen that show. I think it was called Westworld. Didn't end well. <laughs> Didn't end well. So um, speaking of uh, cars, uh, Apple and Tesla seem to be talking about stuff, and unfortunately, it's not CarPlay. Tesla does not support CarPlay right now, uh, but it looks like they're going to be supporting AirPlay, which means you'll be able to wirelessly send your audio to the Tesla and play it in your vehicle, and maybe even video on that center console. Although well, you one know, would hope that they wouldn't do that while you're driving, but you never well, know. Well, you know, the last car I bought, I wasn't going to buy it if it didn't have AirPlay. So, right. see, Tesla's not been in the running for me. At, at my, yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. I wouldn't, uh, you know. So it's, it's not that that was a big announcement, but... Uh, anyway, Tesla and, and uh, this article is more about the relationship between Tim Cook and uh, uh, Elon. Elon, yeah, and and how they've been heckling each other uh, for some time, and it they've sort of they got together and, and sort of hashed things out, and it, it's uh, uh, yeah. come come to some significant agreements. Yeah, you know? we'll both sell more if we just play nice with each other, and yeah. so it's like let's go make some money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but anyway, I, I just thought that that relationship was a kind of an important thing. Uh, you, you really need cooperation more than uh, uh, the yeah. fighting going on between big companies. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You know, I like cooperation. You know, yep. work together when it makes sense to work together and innovate and differentiate when it makes sense for you to do that. And, yeah. Uh, and looks like they're so they're getting there it, it's taken them a while but they're getting there yeah so now, um i'm just looking at this we're looking at this i mean i know it's been reported several places but we're looking actually at a mac daily news story that's uh got some quotes from like nine to five mac and stuff in it and i think i just want to share totally an aside here you know the last couple times we've been on mac daily news um i've gotten some really weird ads like the one where you're staring up a guy's nose and stuff this yeah. time they've filled my page with ads for women's swimsuits and they include plus sizes and so i've got pictures of women in swimsuits all over my page <laughs> i gotta say that's an improvement over staring up some guy's hairy nose so <laughs> well for whatever it is there's this company that came out uh, recently i don't i'd never heard of timu before t-e-m-u have you heard of them uh, that, timu? that's timu is that how you say it but anyway they they seem to be everywhere on my pages, yeah. and I don't particularly like their stuff, uh, the the pictures and all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I, I get you get weird. I, I just I'm always puzzled as to why they think I would want to be advertised by that stuff. You know, I mean, some of it. You know, I mean, or what they think that you know how I'm the market for that. You know, if I scroll down, I can see there's an American Express ad. There's an ad for an anti-anxiety dog bed. Expedia, yeah. 
you know. Oh, the dog bed's there again. Uh, Apple News Plus on Mac Daily News. I get an ad from Apple News Plus. I'm already a subscriber, so that, you know, again, (laughs) not well-placed ads. but Well, I'm looking at the Mac Daily News from this particular uh, article as as well, and I don't seem to have too many ads, really. Hmm. Uh, uh, My page is covered with them. Huh. Uh, fact, down the right side, huh? Yeah, oh, across the top, cutting in the middle of the article. I, I To the point where I almost don't want to watch or, or use their website anymore, even though I like their the information that they provide. If they provided a subscription, which, which would be ad-free, I would certainly pay it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. They offer, There's a if you look around, there's a place where you can <laughs> contribute. They'll take your money. Yeah, you yeah. want to help support us, but they don't get rid of the ads. And it's like, well, then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, I, I will pay for a feature to get rid of those ads, but <laughs> you know. And anyway, I was going to say uh, a plus for Mac Daily News today is they seem to have more new stuff that I thought was interesting than they have in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I happen to have picked a number of their articles, mm-hmm. and and just be, uh, well, let's let's just kind of go on to what yeah, the yeah the Li-Fi next, what, light bulb. Yeah, I, I thought that this is really cool. I think I had read an article about it one time before, uh, but it's uh, basically a laser type of a light bulb, uh, and it's called LiFi, light fidelity, mm-hmm. visual communication system on it, so that you can transmit wirelessly uh, at extremely, oh, it's incredibly high speeds. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's at a light light wave, so you know that's. Fiber optics is light, so it mm-hmm. might be the same thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently it's coming out before long, and you can uh, screw in a light bulb and can extend your network uh, throughout your house, uh, your Wi-Fi with Li-Fi. And I don't know how many channels of Wi-Fi will, will go on board it, but it has seem, seemingly an interface for both uh you know, ways to communicate. Wi-Fi being the radio wave one that you have for, for normal communications off a network. And uh, Li-Fi is the new thing, visible light communication system. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and all, I, all you have to do is screw in the light bulb. Now, I don't know what the price of the light bulb is. That's the only thing they don't mention here. Yeah, it's the $4,000 light bulb. <laughs> so that that'll drive wh- how well this thing does because uh, if you can't uh, can't get a lot you know something clearly worth its uh, price and uh, um, you, with this I, I mean you'll obviously get a light a, a real light fixture as well mm-hmm. but uh, that's not what you'd be paying for I yeah think. I mean it doesn't surprise me they're, that they're doing this right now you can buy um, light bulbs that are uh, thread routers for thread networks. And yeah. so they, they will, you know, pick up and repeat and, and, and spread your thread network for your, for your smart home. So the idea of using something, I mean, the, the idea is, is if it's a smart bulb, it's, it's basically screwed in and always left with power hitting it, and then it shuts on and off internally using its, you know, its intelligence that's, that's built into the smart bulb. So there's always power there, so why wouldn't it be smart to use that as a repeater? Yeah, well, uh, it said uh, mm-hmm. uh, on, on the article, press, I pressed the here button 
for wireless data from every light bulb. So apparently it's not going to drive the cost of the light bulbs much, uh, but still doesn't say, oh, well, I've got to get down into the article here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to see if they had any prices on this in the main article. Uh, it's just talking about the details of, of how it uh, works. No, it's not, no prices here or availability even. Limitations offer a limited range, of course, as long as the lights are, don't have physical barrier to whatever it is you're talking to. Yeah. So that, that could be a big limitation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so basically your light bulbs are going to be like pulsing light at a speed faster than you can even see it so that they're like communicating with each other. Right. Yeah. Well, it all it all sounds good. Uh, yeah, and except the price, which until it reaches know. consciousness and wants to take over the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I we've had uh, optic networks for extra high speed for a long time. So you know, finding a different way to do it. This is different because it's not running over fiber optic cable. Instead, it's going like you know, across the air, just light bulbs in a room together. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting concept to give you yet another way to communicate with stuff and, and to pass information back and forth. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you might have a situation where, um, uh, you know, radio waves are not desirable for one reason or another. And so, you you know, a, a light-based system makes sense. But Well, you know. it doesn't sound like it's going to be expensive because basically yeah. it uses an LED. Yeah. Yeah, and, one would uh, think, well, it's no, got to have some sort of a, of a sensor to see the, the light as well. Yeah. Makes you wonder if you wake up in the middle of the night and your light bulbs are all talking to each other and the lights are flashing on and on. Yeah, it says up to <laughs> 200, yeah, anyway, up to 224 gigabits per second, roughly 100 times faster than Wi-Fi. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good bandwidth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there's a reason right there to, to look into it, yeah. right? Is, uh, right. Uh, but unlike Wi-Fi, I don't think it would work like outside or across a larger area or th- in different rooms where there's no, you know, bulbs can't see each other. So, yeah. so it has drawbacks because it's literally going to be line of sight if it's working with light. So, right. Yeah. So interesting anyway. Interesting yep. idea. And, you know, I, I, I'm always happy so maybe, to see them trying to do something new and different. Maybe that's why they're kind of implying that you need to put them in every light bulb so you, you can really get con- connectivity uh, through a bunch of optional ways, you know, for it to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, light can go through a lot of things. It doesn't mean it has to be direct uh, high intensity. Uh, it, it may work with a real, you know, almost dark mode, but as long as the light sure. is putting out some. Yeah. Well, and if it's going at that speed, it's going to be going, you know, yeah. sending data flashing back and forth so fast our eyes won't recognize it. That's right. You know, and just, well, it could also be in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, you know, uh, section of the spectrum that our eyes don't even see. So anyway, it's not a new technology except for those who've never heard of it before. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been there a while, but now it's just a matter of finding how, how it, uh, 
you know, how much it costs and how well it works. Right. Well, it's interesting to see too that it's it's that there's a standard now. You know, the IEEE does have a standard specifically for it, so that means that, you know, yeah. it, different manufacturers' devices can support the standard. We'll be able to see it in more places, which just you know bodes well for the idea of it continuing to grow. Yeah. Now it's so. it's the the next article now is the one I think is really a nifty technology. And we talked about this a long time ago, it seems. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> there was a discussion because Samsung came out with foldable watch or foldable phones mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, so that the display had to uh, have a, a pretty uh, small radius <laughs> in order right. to fold it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, the folks at Patently Apple have found that Apple posted a, uh, a patent for a roll-up display. Yeah, and they even have a video in here that you can play of a very large screen that is like mm -hmm. th thin, film thin, you know. Yeah, LG uh, announced it at at um, uh, CES two years ago, and it was available uh, for purchase, but it was ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's it's a fascinating technology because, uh, you know, you can... You could pull it out of your pocket and unroll it quickly, mm -hmm. uh, and and while it's, you're carrying it around, it takes up hardly any space. You know, so the size of a phone could have a lot of flexibility in terms of maybe a yeah. little roll roll of something that sticks in your pocket, as long as uh, we'll all be reading scrolls again. Yeah, back to back to the old original form. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, in fact, it's a scroll, I could see them doing something where it's like inflatable, though, so that makes it rigid, right? <laughs> so you have to blow up, <laughs> blow up your phone. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I would see if you had a, a TV or something out on your patio, and the wind mm. is blowing, this is a bad idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's flopping around. So, yeah, I think the, the, the concept is right, how, the, how it gets implemented would be interesting, or I mean... The concept is interesting, but how it's implemented, um, I, I think, would make or break any actual product, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think they would sell it for anything except for very large format displays. This would pop mm. up and basically cover half the wall, you know, if you really want a big screen system. This would be the way to do it. Yeah. But you'd, but you'd want to have it uh, pop up right adjacent to a, a solid wall or something where it might not be flopping around in the breeze, you know? Yeah. Because you, you wouldn't want to put anything solid uh, uh, in the vertical dimension on it, you know, I don't think. Yeah. You, you might, but something to hope. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the, the, the way the, um, uh, the mm -hmm. LG display worked is there was like a scissor-type mechanism that then lifted the screen up so that it basically, you set this thing, this box on your on a on a table and then right. when, when when you turn it on with the remote the the screen unrolled unfurled and it just seemed like it was coming up out of the out of the box but there was right like a, you know right yeah that's what lifted it was that scissor mechanism so anyway yeah. uh, i i thought this looked pretty exciting if, if they're getting it down to where uh uh you can have you know really good quality high resolution screens and and mm -hmm. Small storage space, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's sort of been the thing with uh, with OLEDs is that they, um, you know, you can put them on the surface of just about anything. So, right. you know, is there a benefit for that to them being on a non rigid 
scrollable or you know roll upable surface. You know, I suppose if you wanted to take your television with you backpacking, right? You could just roll. <laughs> It'd be handy. Um, you know. Hey, honey, we, hey, honey, we can, we can go camping and, and take yeah. our TV with us. You <laughs> won't have to miss your shows. You can sit out in the wilderness and watch yeah. watch your Real Housewives. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I love the articles that, that really kind yeah. of have some interesting technology that's, you know, yeah. not, maybe... Maybe not there yet because it's hard to discern from the write-up. Uh, yeah, just yeah. What's the product really going to be, and and does it make sense, right? You know, yeah. Uh, carrying a scroll in my pocket to answer my phone doesn't make, you know, that doesn't seem like an improvement over what I'm doing right now. But mm -hmm. um, but there might be a a reason for that to work, you know, in certain ca cases, like 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 LG demonstrated, and you mentioned, you know, a bigger screen that rolls out might yep. be a, a a great solution for certain situations um so yeah time will tell but clearly the technology is there to do these kinds of things so i'm glad to see the companies are exploring it so yep well that's that's the fun thing about the technology is mm -hmm. always you, you never know it when a new uh technology is going to finally reach a point where oh yeah it's, we can do this and it becomes a real product you know yeah that's that's yeah. uh now, of course, if you're going to be the first owner, you're, you're always going to pay an extreme price just to help get things going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those early adopters who go, well, that's too cool. I got to have one of those, you know. Yep. But, uh, uh, you know, we have been it's those we have been those people on occasion. So, you know, I understand yeah. it and, and, uh, and appreciate it. And if it's something you're enthused about, then, you know, show your enthusiasm. Go get those those early, early uh, versions of things that, that – you know, can be pretty interesting. And, you know, for a while, you'll be the only one on the block that has one. Okay, so. yeah. So now, I wouldn't have posted this other next article because it kind of gets into politics and social policies and all of that, mm -hmm. except that Apple was mentioned as one of the vendors that is apparently, or some attorney generals, I guess, have accused them of uh, discriminatory practices in order to uh, overcome what recent Supreme Court decisions or something. Yeah, so basically what it is is several U.S. attorney generals threatened legal action over Apple and other large companies over their diversity policies. And I, I don't know about how it is in other states, um, but it, you know, having worked in businesses in California and had conversations with people in the HR department, um, there in, in California, their companies are incentivized to mirror their local population as closely as possible in terms of percentages of different ethnicities in their in their environment. So if you live in a place that is, you know, 30% Hispanic and 10% African American and, you know, 40%, you know, Caucasian, you know, European Americans, then you should try to make your company mirror that. And that was a goal of companies that I worked at. And I guess what they're saying is, is that based on the uh, recent uh, striking down of the affirmative action programs being used at Harvard by the Supreme Court, that, that, that these kinds of decision-making policies are basically illegal at this point because they are using race as a determining factor for hiring people as opposed to just who's best for the job. And, uh, you know, and that's been a complaint of people for a long time is that 
you know, yeah. I can see both sides of it. It's like, well, you know, you'll never hire anybody who looks like me if you don't hire somebody who looks like me who can eventually get in a position to do some of the hiring. Uh, you, you know, you'll find reasons because all else being equal, we, we tend to like to hire people who kind of look like us and have similar well, backgrounds to us, right? I mean, that's... Well, 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 the real problem is hiring is a pretty subjective thing anyway. I mean, there's some objective markers in terms of sure. how many you know, degrees you have and that, yeah. and some record of skills, maybe experience mm -hmm. uh, matters uh, that are measurable. But, but for a lot but, of for a lot of positions, you can find more than one candidate that's fully qualified for the job. So then how yeah. do you differentiate between them, you know? Yep. And that's why I'm saying there's subjective and yeah. enough subjective in this. In yeah. this that, and there's there's certainly uh, been and continue to be unfair hirings because of, you know, hey, the, I, I know this person because I worked with them at somewhere else or I, you know, I'm more comfortable with this person just because of the way they look, you know, and and that we know well, that's wrong, but it's but it's also human nature and it's difficult to legislate that out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but they're saying that that trying to fill a quota uh, whether it be matching the community in which you work or or otherwise, based on 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 a person's race, is illegal under the law as it currently stands. Yeah, well, it's a political thing. It's going to be bouncing around for who knows how many years, probably way beyond my time. But yeah, it's uh, been it's been bouncing around since before your time. So that's I mean, right. It's, it's you know it's nothing new. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and, and a lot of people point to that as, you know, a negative thing about our country. And I see the exact opposite. I think that it's a positive thing about our country that we continue to to work and try to change, uh, you know, our society in terms of like trying to figure out what's the right thing and the fair thing to do. And if we're not struggling over what's the right thing and the fair thing to do, then we then that's but that that would be the negative thing. Yeah. Well, uh, the reason that we deal with it much more than just about any old historic company is because there was very little movement of populations uh, in and out of a lot of the, uh, I don't know if there's a lot, but some of the countries at least, uh, and they've, they've not had uh, very much diversity because they're all part of the same race, if you will, Chinese or Chinese, although they, that's not really true because we know that there's some segments that spoke different languages and therefore they're yeah. they're them they're they, yeah. they and whether us, it was you know? yeah whether it was recent or later different people were conquered at different times and the uyghurs are part of china but they're not ethnically yeah. uh you know chinese and so you know and yet they're being put down you know it's yeah. it's a you know i mean it's sort of beyond and, the the scope of technology issues and, but and so, some countries yeah. like india that have had a caste system for i think as long as the country existed and they they don't intend to do anything about it there's no no movement that i can tell yeah uh, i i yeah i honestly i don't know anything about that so i can't speak to it in detail i i thought that there were some some laws and stuff that we're doing away with it there, but that it's so ingrained in the society that it essentially still exists, whether the, whether it's legal or not. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And I, I know what you mean about traveling. I mean, essentially, unless you're a native American, everybody who's here came from somewhere else. And so we picked up and moved here, you know, as a, as a society, we are made up of people who from any part of the world. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether, whether by design or, or, uh, you know, under duress, we didn't all start here. 
And so, um, you know, we, we've been somewhere else. And when you've been somewhere else, you're more likely to go somewhere else. And so as a society, we also tend to be people who are maybe a little more adventurous on, on one end because we're willing to pick up and say, well, this, this is, it isn't working for me here. Let me try over there, you know. Yep. And uh, and I think that's sort of ingrained into our society to a certain extent as well. So well, it it push, t- took some pretty daring people to make these moves just a h- couple hundred years ago. You know, oh yeah, get on a ship and go someplace you never know that you know you're never going to come back to yeah. see your relatives that are left behind. Yeah, and, you know, and you're thinking many... you're going to make it, but these ships were not really you know 100 percent either. You know, That's right. so. didn't always make it across. And well, you know, and, and certainly those who, who, you know, didn't choose to make that trap travel, you know, they, they weren't traveling in, in uh, any kind of luxury either. You know, the slave ships were pretty awful. Um, yeah, this what you know. wasn't high tech. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing high tech about the whole, you know, regardless of how you're getting here. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. And, it, it, and you know, the fact that we're still trying to figure out, you know, well, what makes it fair and, and, and what makes sense. And, you know, as a business, you always want to hire the best person you can to get the job done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you're, I mean, a lot of the, the decisions in, in hiring based on, you know, ethnic quotas and stuff, the companies aren't doing that because they decided they want to do that. They're doing that because, you know, different states have different mandates about what you're supposed to do. And so they're also trying to comply with a bajillion different laws from 50 different states. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, there's a reason that companies hire a bunch of lawyers and, and their HR people are very often lawyers or, 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 you know, uh, legal adjacent type people who know a lot about that because there's all kinds of laws that they have to comply with just to, just to do business. And so, you know, but, by the way, anytime you have major technology turns, it creates all this social turmoil. Take, uh, for example, the stuff that's been in the news for the Hollywood workers. Uh, I heard some business guys talking about that situation and saying that fundamentally, and it doesn't come out in the news because the news always takes the, the uh, union stance, uh, big, being that most mainstream media is democratic, uh, and so they, they will, they'll support the workers. But from a business standpoint, they've got a real road to hoe because the actual businesses that they work for know, they know that they are going to require laying off people uh, because business uh, opportunities are shifting as well. And what we're talking about there is streaming versus the old you know, network kind of arrangements. Streaming is taping, taking a lot of business from Hollywood because it's less expensive to build and you can set up uh, streaming services pretty dang rapidly and they're, they're getting to be more numerous all the time. Now, the key to streaming, though, in every case, and I'm just going to use Joe Rogan because they did, uh, Joe Rogan is basically a company in and of himself, but it's streamed. And he doesn't work through anybody else. They can't cut him off. He's got the total freedom uh, as a company to market however he wants to market. But you can get him if you got internet, you know. Well, he so, signed a contract with Spotify, and to my knowledge, that still exists. He hasn't. He's one. Of, I know they've got rid of a bunch of them. So he essentially works for Spotify now. So that one's not oh, accurate. But 
but uh, well, I'm, I'm I may not have described it correctly, but, but it's but, still using yeah. That the, the issue technology. the issue is is that technology has has changed the way things work in a lot of businesses, and those businesses now have to find a different way or a different. Uh, and what that does is the revenue to certain businesses disappears. The music well, industry saw huge amounts of revenue disappear from selling records because of streaming. And yeah. so this is a perfect analogy there. And so they've had to, the record companies are now much smaller than they used to be. They're essentially, they're essentially just marketing companies that, that a, a uh, person signs on with to then go market their, their music for them. Um, uh-huh. And that musicians don't make money from sell, selling music anymore. They, get, they make money from getting you to come see them live. That they uh-huh. make most of their money from concerts. And so that, and that wasn't the case. It used to be you, you did a concert for almost no money because that was uh, how you marked. Exactly. You wanted people to go buy your records. And so it's, and, and a lot of times concerts were sponsored by the, the record companies because they, that was how they helped market. And, and that has been totally turned on its head by technology. And, you know, same thing with, with the publishing industry. Books and, and newspapers are completely different than they used to be. And yeah. you're going to see the same thing happen with movies. And movies are, you know, over COVID, we started seeing them understand, I think, more, more uh, you know, directly what it's like when there's nobody going to a theater. And so, you know, how much money are we going to get from revenue? So you're going to see a large production companies you know, like Paramount and Sony and, uh, you know, uh, Well, it's Disney. the long-term nature of contracts for these unions that's right. the real issue. Right. Is you can't sign up long-term for something you don't know that you can afford. Right, yeah. You know, and prices you out of the market. The, the, the actors are looking for more money, and the, the studios are saying, but we're going to be getting less money. And so how can we give you more money? It's yeah. not going to work. Um, but I do think that the actors also have some points correct because, you know, one of the things that the, that the, uh, one of the cost cutting things that the, uh, studios have proposed is we will scan in extras and then we will use the digital version of them to put them in the background. And once we've scanned them in, we'll own that image. And so we can put them in the background of any movie we want. So we don't have to pay extras anymore. And the extras are going, "Uh uh-uh. No, yeah. you're going to use my likeness. You don't get to use it in perpetuity. You got to pay yeah. me, and that you know that's fair too. So yeah. it's like, but you know what's going to happen is they're going to go fine. Then we won't use your image. We'll just make up artificial images of people because they, they can exactly. already they can already draw human looking people. We'll just you know we'll be just build build individuals and use them in the background and yep. put them in digitally. So, so anyway, it's, it's going to be a tough time for labor in the future. It really so. is because I've, uh, you know, being a technology guy for years, have watched different kinds of technology that have had tremendous effect on how people do business and how many mm-hmm. jobs there are. And more and more now, you know, it wasn't a big cry for a long time. And that was because the guy who uh, was losing a job was a, was a low level employee and nobody pays attention to low-level people but now we're getting up to where you're talking about executives in some cases that are losing jobs because the technology is getting good you know better mm-hmm. uh, so when when you start affecting uh, you know more people and higher class are I don't mean I don't like to use the word class but the 
wealthier. I would say wealthier people. People with, the, with more uh, expendable cash. Right. The, the, then you start to have more bigger problems, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I, I put that in because I, I thought that uh, yeah. it, it, it has a bearing on everybody. Sure. Uh, well, it's it's the tip of an iceberg that is that you know is the continuing of the, the of technology is impacting lots and lots of different areas uh, that people work in, and that's going to affect affect their revenue stream and how they survive. You yeah. know, and you know what does this mean for us? You know, is this does this mean that something like at some point socialism is going to have to be the way it works because everybody will just take have have act access to everything because there aren't any jobs the computers are doing it all you know what do we do with our time then uh, I, I don't i don't know the end game and i don't think anybody does i don't either you know i mean all we can do is look at uh at uh you know science fiction and say well what are, what are some of the options and there's there's you know good outcomes and bad outcomes but how do we get from from here to any of those outcomes i don't know you know yeah it's yeah. um it's you know I, everybody I think would like likes the idea of a Star Trek world right where everybody just goes and does things and works together for a common good you know you're doing it mm -hmm. because you want to go do that if you're interested in this you educate yourself and you go do that but um, you know they're in a society where there is no more money if you if you want to eat there's food available to everybody if you want you know you want shelter there's shelter available to everybody you know it's just it seems ideal on the TV show and in the movies, but how do we get from there to from here to there? Or is that even a realistic end game? I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, yeah. What was that? Yeah. That that old uh, blessing and curse. You know, may you live in interesting times. Well, we've got some interesting times going. Yeah. Well, so. this the, the next item I'm going to discuss is going to also create a, a much improved. Uh, uh, lower the production costs of things like Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. That That is, uh, everybody's probably familiar with the idea now of, of uh, building mechanical parts by printing them. 3D print uh, yeah. machines have been out there for some time. It's kind of toys, but they're, they're good enough that they're used in manufacturing of lots of things. But now the thought of manufacturing an electronic device with conductors being in those different layers and connecting right is a, a, a new technology in yeah. a sense. Well, it's and interesting so, in that it's it's that the the idea of three D printing actually sort of came from this kind of technology where they were printing circuit boards and yeah. and doing multi layer circuit boards because they could print down a layer of something conductive and then put down a layer of something that was resistive in between them so that you could then put down another layer. And, and 3D printing kind of is how that came about. And now mm -hmm. it seems to be going full circle because they're saying this isn't even electronic parts that they're talking about. They're talking about mechanical parts. Parts, yeah. So like, you know, buttons and knobs and stuff will be 3D printed yep. uh, because it's it's obviously more efficient for them to do it that way. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you can make it uh, so that the watch is entirely built and assembled by a machine, then you mm -hmm. don't need to go to China to do it anymore either. You you just yeah. bring the job the, the machines home, you know. Yeah. So. Or, yeah, you can set the machine anywhere you want. Yeah, I don't think people realize when they look at something like a phone how much of that assembly is still done by hand, 
And, yeah. and you know, it, it actually surprises me, you know, because, I mean, I remember growing up seeing pictures of, of robots on assembly lines, and, you know, making cars. And, and so much of manufacturing is still done by, you know, a human being picking up a piece and sticking it into this place yeah. on an assembly line. Um, that, you know, it's actually a little disappointing in that fact, because I think we oversold the idea that we've got all this automation that'll do wonderful things. And, and it doesn't look like it's really being used to the extent that it could be, you know, yeah. when Elon Musk first inst started selling his Teslas, he said, oh yeah, we're going to have a completely, uh, uh, computerized line. And apparently they tried to set it up and it was a, a massive failure. And so he went back to more traditional type of construction line, uh, assembly line. But he so. kept some big, some really big things like this uh, main frame that uh, uh, now is stamped out, and it does mm -hmm. uh, maybe a, a dozen different parts that used to be separately assembled are part of that big stamped frame, you know? Yeah, so yeah. They've, well, they've consolidated it. I don't think way. it's one of our, our things today, but just this week they rolled the first of the, uh, the cyber truck off the line finally about four years behind schedule yeah um so that he's now producing that and they showed the the main body of that you know in the production line where, where did you see that so, on tv uh no it's i've read about it i just didn't think to grab oh. an article on it here but the but the first cyber truck is rolled off the assembly line and so um he said that they won't really hit volume production until next year but but you know they they ramp those things up yeah but uh those on the waiting list you know basically i think a lot of Musk's success has been on attacking this business of manufacturing. They call it manufacturing science and improving and advancing that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it all has to do with how many parts you have to have. Right. Yeah. Thing. So get minimize the parts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it is if it isn't the uh, the uh, you know fully automated assembly line, then at least like you said, it's it's less steps along the way because you're 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 assembling you know, yeah. fewer pieces and parts to make the thing. So, yeah. So I don't know, you know, it's, it's been interesting, obviously a lot of success with Tesla and, uh, a lot of success with, uh, SpaceX, not so much success thus far with Twitter, but we'll see yeah. <laughs> where that all goes, <laughs> where that all goes. Um, so anyway, anyway yeah. Uh, the next one I find interesting because I hadn't seen a comparison of Apple and Google maps in a mm. long time, and apparently, uh, at you least you skipped in, one. I did. Yeah, FaceTime on Apple TV is a winner. Oh, I skipped. You're right. I skipped yeah. right over that. And one. that one, I'm actually kind of excited about. In fact, I've already purchased, and it hasn't come in yet, but I've ordered a stand that holds my phone magnetically up, so I can use it with my for FaceTime off on our TV. We've, oh, would you? we have on, on several occasions tried to use like FaceTime on a phone or on a. Um, on a iPad and then used AirPlay to share the video up on the television. And that has been very poor experience. Would you send me the uh, product that you bought so I can get it? And as soon as we both get our OS 17 uh, or iOS 17, yeah, TV OS 17. Uh, yeah, specifically <laughs> right. working with our with our upgraded uh, iPhone systems. Uh -huh. uh, then we can try this thing and and experience see what the experience is like. Yeah. The, well, you would need Apple TV for this one, and you would have to have one of the newer Apple TVs, which you don't unless you've oh, upgraded. 
Uh, no, I, but uh, with the improvements that are coming with the new 4K, I'm going to get that. So yeah. I, I can do that real easily. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like the new Apple TV. I noticed the picture they have is of the old one because it's got the old flat remote, and they changed the remote out quite a while ago. So that's an old picture that they put in the article. But the idea oh. of using um, continuity camera to use your t your your phone as the camera for your Apple TV and having FaceTime built into the Apple TV just makes so much sense. And so I just needed a little stand that that I could put it on so that you can have your camera. Now, the only question I have is the camera more effective if it's on the top of the TV or down in front? Well, my thought is, and we'll see how it works, the stand that I got actually telescopes. And I'm thinking that I might be able to sit it in front and then stretch it up and actually put it covering part of the screen. But it's far enough away that I don't think, and my phone is small enough, I don't think it's going to be that distracting, you know, having, the, but I can also put it down below or, or try to rig it up above. So we'll see. Well, it will it will affect how, which direction your eyeballs are looking. <laughs> it will, yeah. But I mean, that's the problem with with all of these things right now is that you're never looking at the person's eyes. You know, you're yeah, always looking right. at the at, at the bottom of the screen or the top of the screen, and so it, it and it looks weird when you look at people that way. Um, yep. You know, it's it just does, and so um, you know. I think anyway. that'll be less so when you're using uh, an Apple TV from across the room as well, though, right? Because you, yeah, you don't have yeah. to, the difference between where your eyes are looking up or down is yeah, significantly is less because yeah, you're not looking at, at a laptop that's you know uh, or a phone that's within your arm's length, so you're moving your head more right or, right or left to look at the yeah. The only only uh, comment the observers made that would improve it, and that would be as if you had the camera a high resolution camera right in the screen. You know? Right. Yeah. So, but again, then where the placement goes, you know, mm -hmm. matters. I had a TV that had a camera on it. Um, I still have it, but it's no longer my main TV. And uh, I had a little slidey thing to cover up the camera so it wasn't on all the time because that kind of freaked me out. But and they had their own version of like FaceTime, but it never really worked well. And it kind of I think it worked with Skype, uh, but uh, just it wasn't something we used. So, but I'm I'm interested in trying this. I really I think this is going to be um, well. Well, the quality of the camera matters a lot. And that's sure. Yeah, and we'll get really good quality cameras, and uh, you know, coming off the back of your phone. And, uh, and, and in fact, they'll probably use the wide angle camera so that they'll have the center stage to keep everybody like in the middle of the screen. Yeah. You know, um, I, are you, I don't think you're familiar with that cause I don't think you've had a device that does that, but we have uh, an iPad that does the center stage thing. So like if, um, uh, one person is sitting there, then it centers you in the middle of the image. And if another person walks in, then it kind of pans back and centers you because it's using a wide angle lens. So it sees substantially more than it's actually showing. And then it just pans and scans around on that screen to make sure that it's showing everybody who's, who's in the room. Yeah. Which well, is my, nice. my, I, my new iPhone mini, uh, has that feature. Right. And so you'll be able to take advantage of that with yeah. the, um, with yeah. this this function now, right? So, speaking of your iPhone Mini, we talked last time we talked. We also talked about you getting the um, the uh, iPhone SE Mark III, which is the current one for mom. Did you do that? Not yet. No. <laughs> just just a, no no real enthusiasm on her part. So I... yeah. Well, I would do it because she, <clears throat> she can't 
she can't run the current software anymore. She can't well, get it. You know. I, I know. Uh, the worst thing for me was uh, I lost my phone yesterday. I know. Which which put us in a bit of a panic because we'd been out to a couple places and uh -huh. we didn't know where it was lost you know, in terms of remembering when I last used it. Right. Did you use but, your watch to make it beep? I didn't use my watch, but I used the Find Me feature on uh, my iPad. Right. And and then I and I discovered, oh, it was at my house. So it said right. it's here. It was in the house. Right. But but then I says, oh, I remember when I was at church, I turned off the uh, sound. Uh, right. Thing. So I says, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it because I can't make it make noise. You know, where is it? Even so when I, you have the sound off on your watch, if you scroll I, up from the bottom, there's a thing that makes your phone ping and well, it'll do it even if the sound is turned off. Even from the iPad, I did all of that. Okay. Uh huh. It, 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 I, uh, when I saw that, there was a way to uh, turn it on or to right. make it sound. Now, the sound it made was different than the normal sound right yeah it's a ping type of and sound so, so it was and it was very loud and so it was right under me it had fallen through the crack on mm -hmm. my, my chair now if i hadn't been able to turn that sound on and so we knew where it was we would probably still not have found it because you, you know you don't keep looking for something unless you know it's there <laughs> right yeah so yeah. anyway mom finally got weighed down as far as she could reach and it was all dirty and stuff. Yeah, down Place inside the couch. Clean, right. You know. Yeah, down inside the couch. Yeah. Yeah. That, anyway, that's where the Apple remote lives, is down inside the couch. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't find the <laughs> Apple remote, where is it? Start digging through cushions. Yeah. So. Well, unfortunately, my cushions don't come off. Nothing helps you find the things in. And that yeah. chair, and this, this uh, sofa we have lives so close to the floor that the 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 phone can and did slip down in under that area so that you can't even reach yeah. in there except for the tip of your fingers. Always but, worries me too. Cause uh, you, your, your, your couch is a recliner and we've got one like that too. It's like yeah. once something's down in there, I'm concerned that if I recline back, it's going to get caught in the gear. I'm going to crush it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah like, I've always had that thought too. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is anyway. really bad. <laughs> anyway, it was a real relief to finally know where it was and that, you know, when yeah. we got out. Yeah. It's like you may have to uh, do some digging or get some help to get it dug out, but you got it anyway. Yep. That's so, good. That's good. Anyway, I kept coming through my head that somewhere along the way, somebody had offered to insure the thing, you know, if I lost it. And I said, ah, I don't, I'm not going to lose yeah. this. I've never lost a phone. <laughs> yeah. First time, right? Yeah. It was like, it's, I, I always think about that too. And it's like, I know my daughters have cracked screens and stuff and beat up on. I've never, never lost a phone. I've never dropped a phone in a swimming pool. And for a swim coach, that's an, that's a, uh, an achievement. Um, yeah. I've never broken a screen. Um, but the longer I go, I figure the odds are getting, you know, getting longer and longer. To, yeah. Anyway, it turns out that about an hour before this had happened, I, I fell asleep. I was sitting there and something noise woke me up and I didn't know what it was. And I said immediately thinking that maybe mom fell or something, you know. Right. And so I saw she wasn't sitting beside me. So I hollered and she didn't answer. Uh, and, oh, so now I'm trying now to see. Nervous. Yeah. So I got up and I then I remembered that I heard something 
uh, you know, when that woke me up, uh, but I didn't know what it was. Right. So I finally found mom and she's okay. She's in the bedroom. And, uh, so that's when the phone fell, obviously. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that during the summer I'm wearing shorts more than long pants cause it's hot and that I'm dumping stuff out of my pockets all the time. Like I about can't get into a car where I don't dump out change and phones and it's like, what oh. good are pockets that empty themselves every time you sit down? Who designs these things? Well, mine don't empty at all, so I don't know what you're talking about. I can hardly get the phone out of my pocket when I want to. Yeah, now see you that know? would that would bother me even more. <laughs> but see, that's yeah. why that's why I wanted the mini, and I'm not yeah. sure that it helped other than it makes it a lot more comfortable not having that bigger bulge. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm usually sitting down when I'm trying to get stuff out, and that's not. You know, I have to stretch a leg out and turn yeah. sideways in the chair and all this in order to yeah. make it even possible. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I've noticed maybe it's just the, the, the style of shorts that I got, but I've been dumping things out of my pockets. And so yeah, I've did, actually taken steps to minimize the amount of stuff in my pockets. And when I get into a car, I almost always take the phone out anyway before I even get in the car so that I then plug it in. And it becomes then, you know, through CarPlay becomes my my maps and my you know, whatever yeah. I'm going to listen to. and Yeah, I usually do that in the car as well. And so consequently, the first thing I did when I, my phone was missing is I went, I said, I bet it's out in the car. Yeah. That's where I went, you know. Yeah. And then when it wasn't there and I. Yeah, well, I've done that a couple times, you know, that you're in the house and you're like, oh, okay. I left it sitting in the car. So yep. that's usually a quick place to look. Speaking of being in a car, Apple Maps has offline features that apparently offer more than Google Maps offline. So, yeah. and this is they say this is new, but it's new for iOS 17, so it's not actually available yet unless you're on the public beta or yeah. one of the the one or one of the developer betas. But uh, I love the idea of that because um uh last time I was out walking, well I guess it wasn't the last time, but uh one, we, a few years ago we were up in the um uh the coastal redwood national forest up uh, just north yeah. of, of Eureka, and they've where got they sign- have wonderful phone service, right? Yeah, well, they've got signs up everywhere <laughs> saying, you know, don't rely on maps on your phone. There is, you know, there is no cell service here, and and the maps won't work. Um, I actually have and have paid for a subscription to TomTom, Tom, who used to make GPS standalone yeah, GPS. I don't know if they yep. they probably still do, um, but. And that's because they download all of their map data with the app. You can go and download, you know, like, the, you know, uh, S- Southern sure. California or or the West Coast. or And so I've got downloaded maps for, like, the area around you in North Carolina and, and then the area around me here and up the coast. This and, is why you want that bigger memory. Yeah. Phone. Yeah. You know, and, and well, and driving out into the desert, too. You know, recently we, we took a trip over to the Grand Canyon. There's places where there's no signual as yep. you're getting there. And so having the TomTom maps was nice because then I could, I could uh, you know, I had a map no matter what. I, I suspect that Google does this as well. But it probably requires more memory or something that's limiting it. Yeah. Google has allowed you to, like, especially when you do a route, like when you do a route from point A to point B, it downloads the maps for that route. So as long as you stay on that route. But the problem is if Uh, something happens and your phone resets or you, you, you know, close the app and come back, it may or may not be there when you do. And if there's no service there, then you can't put it back. You're you're stuck. And so – 
this is supposed to solve that problem. So it yeah. kind of shows on Apple that you can like draw a box over a certain area and then just click on download and it'll tell you how many well, megabytes you're downloading and it'll download well, the maps for that area. Yeah, that that's a smart thing because they, there's no good way for them to automate what what gets downloaded, you know. And so if you tell them you're going to stay within these boundaries, uh, now that's that of course depends on your ability to, to do mm -hmm. it right. Uh, then you can get you know save yourself uh, mm -hmm. by getting the right data. But uh, it sounds like it it's, it's pretty well designed, and that's a significant feature for those people who need it. So anyway, there's always stuff that, uh, yeah. you know, one's going to offer that the other one don't Now, whether this sure. is a really, really fair evaluation of the total capabilities. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they're saying that the, the map data that Apple downloads has some more information than Google in terms of like Yelp ratings and the website for search for different businesses and things to that. Uh, hey. and, and things for like that you would be interested in like wheel, wheelchair accessibility, I, um, I will. I, I I personally will testify against MacDaily News regarding business information on the maps. Google does a much better job of that. I, in fact, they I find a lot of businesses right in my area that are not labeled. There's buildings there, but they don't tell you who's in them. Uh, uh, Google always has far more data like that. Right. Well, they're not saying that there's a difference between Apple and Google per se. What they're saying is that when you download the data, Apple brings more data with it than Google does. That's oh. what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Google may have more data to begin with. They're just not – when you download the map, you don't get all of Google's data. Um, yeah. Now, it does say that Google Maps expire after a while if you don't go in and update them. So, like, if you download them while you're on vacation, and then they'll be there. But then, you know, a few months later, they're not just sitting there taking up space. And it says Apple Maps don't seem to expire, at least it doesn't say that they do. My guess is, is they probably have some sort of cleanup. I can't yeah. imagine that Apple wouldn't. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just not obvious. You know, Apple's also really good at, hey, you haven't been in that while, you know, hey, you haven't done this for a while, we'll just take care of it for you in the background so you don't have to think about it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, they, you know, they know that they've they both got to have these features. Uh, it's just a matter of how well it happens to work for you. <laughs> you know, when you get it, I I I accept that Apple has has this thing now that you can select at least and just to make the choice as to what gets saved. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you download uh, the physical maps for an area. You should be able to tag it as keep or automatically expire. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you. I don't know if you can, but that'd be good too. Yeah, you know, if you have an area that you travel to semi regularly that doesn't have good service, I would just soon have that stay on my phone so that I know it's there and I don't have to check it every time before I travel there. Right. Um, so, but I don't necessarily want it to be there forever unless it's something that I know that I want to keep forever. They should just make that a user option. Yeah. So, but uh, you know. Again, one company doing something, the other company doing something. They're each pushing each other to make things better. Um, I'll say, you know, personally, I use Apple Maps almost exclusively. Um, occasionally still use Google Maps, occasionally use Waze. But, but Apple Maps is the primary thing that I use. Uh, and then I do have that TomTom Tom feature that I've used a couple times when I knew that I was offline and uh, or, or discovered I was offline. That's the thing is you don't always know that you're going to be offline somewhere, right? And right. so that's what's nice about the TomTom Tom stuff is, is it's it's 
downloaded for virtu virtually everywhere I go uh, or everywhere I've gone on vacation in the last few years. And if I were to go somewhere else, I would download that area in specific as well, you know, just yep. to make sure that I had it. So anyway, I have a iPhone 13, thanks to you. And primarily re primary reason was the feature I liked best was the small. I, I got the mini. Yeah. And, uh, of the comparisons with the i15, I see only one advantage that the i15 phone, which isn't even out yet, uh, has, and that's the USB-C. Uh, and, yeah. that, and that's, that again, only like helps rumor. charge. Yeah, and, and it, it'll charge faster with that. So, Can't, so that, that's not a really biggie. They have five mm -hmm. listed here of uh, features. The end of the notch, that's never been a big deal for me. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, a faster processor, uh, well, I have to be shown why I really need the faster processor. Yeah, I mean, you just moved up from a 10 to a 13, so that was I'm, four years newer phone, right. so it's already faster than what you were used to. That's right. It's like yeah. suckers going and, so fast. And, and to be honest, do you really notice that much of a difference between the two in terms of speed? No, not really. You click yeah. on an app, it pops up, and it's ready to go. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. these things are overpowered for what we need already. That's right. And then an upgraded camera array. Uh, well, it's upgraded, but what is it doing for me? You know. So, yeah, yeah. It takes you know, some some better, every but, every year they say they got mo better pictures. You know, and you go like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a bigger screen if you want it. Well, I don't want it. Right. That's why I made the choice I have. I don't think yeah. they're going to have. I don't know if they're going to have a 15 mini or not. I don't know. They didn't have a 14 mini. No, so probably not. So yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm uh, and then a, a possible alternative. It says here is mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't know what they mean by that. Anyway, uh -huh. a possible. Oh, well, they're ju they're just saying is a possible alternative if you don't want to upgrade to the uh, 15 that the iPhone 14 oh, Pro. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I have as an iPhone 14 Pro, and I'm I'm very happy with it. Um, you know, we'll oh, see. Yeah. I'll see whether I'll go to the 15 or not. Um, I'm on that Apple program though, where you you uh, the first time I've ever done it was with this phone, uh, where I'm paying for it uh, like on a monthly payment, and then I can automatically switch. I get to automatically upgrade if I want. Uh huh. You know, and so we'll see. Oh well, you, that, you once you get on that plan, you kind of get committed to taking yeah. a new new one whenever it comes along. I mean, yeah. that's what yeah. that's all about. Yeah, and so I, I'll probably have the new one. You know, as much so we can talk about it as anything else, but you know, why not? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So a, you know, unless they introduce some features that I go, oh, I don't like that. I would like to stay with the other phone. Which yeah. you know, stranger things have happened. But and. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'd like to wrap up here pretty quickly because uh, okay. I don't think I, uh, but app, Apple had, has now come up with new accessibility features. Mm -hmm. Well, me, me being hard of hearing, seeing, and, and who knows yeah. how many other things, uh, yeah. I'm always interested in accessibility and, uh, the, the custom text to speech voices. This is for somebody who can't hardly see anymore and you mm -hmm. want to be able to hear your own voice talk about something yeah. and another another one that i 
have used my phone for lots of times on this article. It talks about you get up by a, a microwave oven, for example, and if you can't read the labels on the thing, the phone will read them for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, or even so, highlight the next button to push if you're trying to do do something, which I think is very cool, assuming yeah. that it knows that microwave and that model because those all change. Sure. So I think those kind of things are really cool. Um, uh, the, let's skip the next one. I added one thing at the very end that I do want to talk about real quickly, and that okay. I thought it was interesting. We were talking about computers and and uh, and and moving forward with technology. A purpose-built AI recently was able to pass a U.S. medical licensing exam. So what that means is that when you you know, carrying your phone around, you may be able to talk to an AI that can help you diagnose what's going on, perhaps even better than a human being. Now, better in certain ways, probably not as good in others, right? Because they can't visually at least uh, yet see something and say, oh, hey, that's what I need to do. So yeah. it, it's relying on you putting in your uh, your symptoms, right? <laughs> you have yeah. to then tell it what's going on and then it will be able to diagnose. But well, I'm thinking that that would be something that'd be a great benefit for a doctor in an office, right? Where you, they're going like, well, it could be this, but it might be nice to have, you know, immediately get a second opinion uh, based on a, um, on a, uh, uh, large database trained AI. Yeah, well, this is, uh, especially for any occupation that has a large library or database that you have to know precisely. Uh, lawyers in the same boat. Right. You know, they got to know all the precedents that impact on this case. Right. You know, uh, so I, I can, these are obvious uses for the current text-based text uh, lookup systems mm -hmm. because that's basically what they are. They're just quickly accessing this large right. database. Uh, and so... Yeah. Uh, but but the uh, you're right. The the key to this is having precise enough questions that there, that there's no doubt that you right. know the 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 correct what they're asking for. Yeah, yeah. Before before it starts. Well, the and I think that's the where the the AI comes in, right? Because right now most the answers to most of this stuff is available somewhere on the internet. But being able to form a query find that is successful success, successfully find you the right answer is yep. the problem, and that's where the AIs I think help you get there right is that right. that's where the intelligence is is going to be helpful is within a certain um uh framework of data how do i get to the right answer and so what are the right questions to ask and so hopefully the ai can with the with some input simplify that they can do some of that searching for you to find find better answers yeah. And, and I think you found that the other perfect one would be the, in the in the world of, you know, legal stuff, because, again, there's a huge, you know, huge history of court cases, yep. you know, which ones apply in this particular instance and how can that help me? Um, so. So anyway, I, I uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for the use of it in places in ways like that, that, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully. There's no way it can threaten your life because, unless you make a stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I said I think that, you know, the, it makes a lot of sense for, say, a physician uh, to use it as a sort of second opinion in-house, right? It's like, what does it think's going on? It might think of something that I that hadn't occurred to me, um, you know, and, and it might be just helpful in that case as opposed to, you know, 
trying to find, you know, send you to an, uh, a colleague who will then also diagnose you. Well, you know, it, it's not going to do away with second opinions, but it might, um, you know, f- yeah. help a doctor get to a to a mm-hmm. solution to your health issues quicker uh, yeah. and uh, and save them time in, in trying to diagnose and help them figure things out. And likewise with an attorney, you know, when you're trying to find uh, precedent in, in previous cases, you know, that uh, when, when the when the database you're picking from is the the results of every legal case ever decided anywhere, you know, that's yeah. a little that's a little daunting. Uh, yeah. But here uh, the one that you skipped over here has to do mm-hmm. with how to build websites uh, using a tool that now is has this uh, uh, AI front end. And it yeah. knows how it knows how to create the right questions, the prompts for you to build a, a, right. a website. And and so the real thing that this this tells you about AI is it's structured in such a way that it finds out these these decision nodes. Right. That's really how it, that's really what it does. Well, at some point, uh, and, 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 the the software guys are going to find out that that's how you're going to make software too, right? Oh, they do. They, they, AI is making software right now. Yeah, has been for some time. Yeah. So, but I'm all, saying that, that it, when it will, when it's when it's, you know, when you and I or, or or my wife can sit down and answer some questions, and the AI then creates a custom app for her, that's when it's become something that's really cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and we're getting there. Yep. Of course, uh, that's the scary thing too. Is when the AI can create software, it can create software any way it wants, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You think we're being spied on and watched now? When the AI realizes it can do that. Yeah, and by the way, I, when I brought up this uh, web, this page for that webs, uh, Wex's new tool to create Wix, websites. By the way, yeah, Wix. Anyway. Uh, at the top of it, it shows. It says to on mine, Microsoft lost its keys and the government got hacked. That's the article I told you about earlier that I thought that I my had posted and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. But the important thing about this is that uh, that uh, there's a whole lot a lot of leakage going on because of not being as uh, interested in protection and security as you know our first discussion when we started today dealt with a google situation like that mm-hmm. and uh microsoft has got the same problems this is just a recent article that doesn't say a whole lot because it was only discovered or at least announced friday and this is monday so uh, it's probably something that'll be in the news for a while yeah but uh they've uh, they've, they've lost a lot of people's data or made it vulnerable because of a mistake somewhere. Yeah. And so they apologize and working to solve what else to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that goes to the, the issue that several people have brought up regarding, uh, you know, software that does things saying you're sorry, isn't enough. There needs to be some consequences. Right. You know, Cause otherwise they're going to say, oops, sorry. And then keep on trucking like Facebook has done on several occasions. And they just write that off as cost of doing business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And in some case that cost has been no cost at all because they, because they, nobody even slaps their wrist when they do something horrible. 
So we, yeah, that that's an area where we need to be real careful because I, you know, our our laws always, you know, lag behind the yep, the new sure technologies do. and new ways of doing things, and that's just you know that's just I mean. It, that's going to be the case, but we really need to start uh, getting some some uh, of our legislators to be proactive about about some of this stuff and putting some constraints on what is and is not acceptable behavior of corporations when dealing with some of this stuff. Okay, Todd, I'm going to have to say goodbye. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on another wonderful episode of Generation Tech. We will return. Bye-bye, Todd. See you in a week. Bye.